Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. Seems we can't get through a football season without that song, but it is what it is. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. That's Robbie Falk. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. As the holiday season approaches and you're looking for new gear for gifts, They've got you covered at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowed by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starville's flagship restaurant. That's the place to find the best meal in town. Lunch, dinner, Sunday brunch, it's all good at Restaurant Tyler. We're talking about a blue plate lunch, the South's favorite. They've got a great one at Restaurant Tyler. Great choices on the meat and veg. And the best cornbread in, I mean, anywhere. I, I, that's the only cornbread I like to eat. And I, I can't be any more clear about it than that. You guys know my feelings on cornbread. But there, theirs is good. So, let's get a, a great meal this week. Let's start the week right with a lunch at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi here to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you. If you live in central Mississippi, there's going to be one near you. Community banking, guys, it's a, it's a part of a strong community. Just like eating locally and shopping locally, all your local businesses, they, they, they work in a relationship with local banks, and that's what keeps our community strong. And it helps you to bank at your community bank. That way, when you have to talk to somebody about a loan, you're talking to people you know, not a corporate bank full of people you don't know. It's a really simple process. It's easy to do. Get started today with a trip to Priority One Bank. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. What's the final score of this game? I don't even remember. I have I have successfully twenty-seven to thirteen is ingrained in my brain. I have successfully begun the blocking out process. This season, by by the end by this time next year, I won't remember a thing about this season. Nothing. We hope. And we're feeling good. All right. Auburn 27, Mississippi State 13, a awful start for the Bulldogs, and it never got better from there. Uh, Peyton Thorne looked like Peyton Manning. Auburn's defense completely dominated Mississippi State from start to finish, and the Bulldogs fall to 4-4. Their chances of a bowl game 
starting to slip away from them, but it's much bigger than just that. A lot to talk about on this show. We know how we like to start with a man who will tell us the truth no matter what. Tell him, fuck! Well, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. Well, maybe, probably everybody knows. I know your sorrow. I know. Yeah. We all, we all, we all know it. Oh, Brian. Hey, Brian. Robbie, yes, Robbie. Um, state, state can't move forward like this. Correct. They, they can't. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk about the elephant in the room. We've kind of talked about it a good bit for the last few weeks, but it, you can't move forward like this as a program. Your program cannot continue to have a football team that looks lost at times, that's not performing up to its identity on the defensive side of the ball, which has been Mississippi State's identity. How many times have we talked about Mississippi State being a blue-collar program? And if, if that is what you're going to do, you've got to be that. And Mississippi State getting run through like Swiss cheese on defense for the first two quarters of the ball game. That's not Mississippi State's identity. And you have a head coach that is kind of, you know, that's what his whole philosophy is, is the defensive side of the ball. And the defense has been terrible for the better part of this year. Now, the second part of it's, – Is terrible the right word to use? It's, it's, well, I didn't want it to steal from you. Is it terrible or is it putrid? Yes, that's it. Okay. And I mean, with like the second half, I've seen a lot of people where adjustments were made. Not really. I mean, Auburn was kind of vanilla in the second half. They kind of let off the gas. The defense did play better, but I mean, what are we talking about? The offense is just is awful right now. Um, it is what it is. Mississippi State cannot continue to put this product on the field beyond this year. Can't happen. We're not seeing any progress hardly made. Uh, parents are going on the message board talking about how, um, you know, the team is, is lost right now. The coaches are lost. Uh, they don't really know what's going on. The players are mad. I mean, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Um, it's just a bad situation to be in. Zach Arnett looks kind of disjointed on the sidelines. His arms folded most of the time. Doesn't really look like he's engaged. I mean, it's just a, it's a bad situation that I think can only get worse beyond this year. I, I just don't see this program growing the way that it is, that it should be um, in its current state. And your hope was last week that you, you took a step, even even if it looked bad, the defense was kind of performing where you wanted it to be and maybe that you could kind of build on that. They didn't. They came out and they looked like they were unprepared. The defense looked completely different from what it looked like against Arkansas. And, yes, we learned yesterday that Arkansas is that bad, but we also – the defense did not look like it did the week before. There, there wasn't a whole lot of aggressiveness until middle way – in the first half, I mean, it just looked different. And to me, it just seems like they just don't really have a plan. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't know what their identity is. And that's a huge red flag. And when you add in the fact that State's dropping like a rock in recruiting, there's no – we've talked about no juice in this program right now. It's just not looking good. Um, so I don't know what else to add. I mean, there's plenty of, that we're going to talk about. Oh, but yeah. from my 
point of view, it's just bad in every area, and I don't see it getting much better. It's hard. It's a hard truth, you know. But I think it's truth that people need to hear. I'll be. I'll be totally honest with you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with a lot of what you just said. And we're going to go a little deeper into it. I just, and listen, I, I want to add one more thing. Like, I, I know sometimes we get painted as negative. We don't want to. We don't want to talk about this stuff. I, I don't want to come on this show every day and be like really depressed covering a team. You know. The last two years of baseball has been super depressing for all of us to talk about, to write about, to cover. This is this is depressing as well. Like I, I just I'm I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over constantly being negative. But that's what we're watching right now. There's nothing else we can talk about that's positive. So that's that's the truth. Again, that's another hard truth, but it it is. You know. I would much rather be starting this show telling you about seven or no Mississippi State, or I guess eight no Mississippi State, and getting you know getting set for a monster game with Kentucky, and 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 you know, man, they really have a chance to do it this year. But you know, that's just not. I mean, I would I would like to do that, but I can't, I can't, and I won't. I will not sit here and paint a picture for you that is false, and I don't think Robbie will do that either. You know, people come to different podcasts for different reasons. If you come to this podcast, I believe you do it because you know that Robbie and I are going to tell you the truth. And we're going yeah. to, you, you know, we're not, we're not here to sugarcoat. We're not here to paint a picture that isn't accurate. And so he, here we are. And, you know, if you want to put the doom and gloom on us, so be it. But we, and that's a, that's a burden he and I are willing to bear. All right, let's move on into it. And that's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Don't forget to go vote. At the on the Mississippi Beef Council Facebook page for your favorite steakhouse and favorite burger in the state of Mississippi. A lot of great local restaurants deserve that publicity. You can help give it to them by going to Mississippi, the Mississippi Beef Council Facebook page. Please click on the links pinned to the top of the page to vote. Do not vote in the comments. Don't ever do anything in the comments on Facebook. Just just that's just a reminder. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern soul food. I ate at Two Brothers Thursday night. Saw a, a certain former mayor of this t- of, uh, of another town uh, there. A man by the name of uh, Jake Mangum happened to be there uh, having dinner. Good to see Jake. And he knows when he comes to Starkville, he's making a trip to Two Brothers. It's just that simple. So and, if- and, and the mayor name actually applies to this guy. Yes. Yes, he was... Uh, I believe his final record in Oxford was, was I, I, I want to say it was 16-2. and two. That, That's pretty good. Yeah. So in 18 games, he had as many losses to Ole Miss as A.J. Brown had to Mississippi State in three games. Nice. You know what? We did make ourselves feel a little bit better today. We just did it. <laughs> two brothers smoked meats. Bulldog. Did he played 16 games against Ole Miss? He played... 19 games against the you get the you get the uh, gun I mean, eight, yeah 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 so you got three yeah that's right yeah. 12 12 I mean, for four years and then he played four, four midweek games so 16 games so he was 14 and two I think is his, is his total still yeah I mean wow there you go I mean I, I'm I did they they didn't play him in the SEC tournament though I don't think so no I, I could be wrong that's a, that's a podcast for another day. 
great products and great services, what every business likes to promise you. They delivered Advantage Business Systems, and they've been doing that for 48 years. Guys, at, you know the fiscal year is over for uh, 2023. You're looking ahead to 2024. You've got your, your, your budget set for office supplies. But, you know, things go wrong from time to time. And when they do, it's good to have somebody like Advantage Business Systems there to offer you quality products at great prices and then to know that they're going to back that up with incredible service. They've been doing it for 48 years. Nobody does it better than them. 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, they've got the best polos polos and pullovers. I almost said polo, polos. Polos. That's pillows. Pillows. They got the best pillows. No, they don't have the, they don't have pillows, to my knowledge. To my knowledge. The a collegiate collection pillow would sell, though. If you gave me an interlocking MSU pillow or a state script pillow, live, laugh, state. <laughs> I mean, who would you not would you not buy that? Women women would buy that. I'm just I'm just that's a million dollar idea. You should buy a polo or a pullover from the rogue, though. They've got the great name brands, great styles, and they've got those logos that you want. Check them out online at therogue.com or shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Ten. Ah, ah, ah. Ten things that are true here on a, a Monday. <laughs> Robbie's already starting to wince. I'm wincing. I'm just... Let's just just, just get into it. It's trip not... the Band-Aid off. All right, let's do it then. Number one. It took eight games. I finally have a grip on what this team is. They're a bad football team. End of sentence. End of story. That's the end of it. They are a bad football team. They don't do anything well. Um, They don't have any superstars at any position. They don't have a guy they can just, you know, rely on to make plays, game in and game out. And they're poorly coached. And that's just what they are. They are a bad football team. Simple as that. Yes. <laughs> no disagreement. Perfectly said. No notes. Agree. Number two, it goes back to what Robbie just said. There, there is no path forward with Zach Arnett after this season. There, there just isn't. Um, Arnett was put into a, a really tough spot. I commend him for everything he's done. Uh, you know, he he could he could have put the. I mean, if he had said no. That might have put this university in a really tough spot, you know, of having to 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 make decisions on the fly. And I don't know how it would have panned out. He came in, he did. I think he's doing. I certainly don't think, and it's something that I think people lose track of and lose sight of. Sometimes fans do is they they see a coach losing and they just assume he's just sitting at home with his feet up and he yeah. goes to the office at nine and he gets out at five. Nobody's. I mean, Zach Arnett does not want to be losing football games. But no. this, this he's just not ready to be an SEC football head coach. He just he just isn't. No, you can I mean you and you can kind of tell. Like this is all well, this is all just wearing game. on it, man. Yeah. Number three. Uh it's depressing to watch Arnett on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Like you watch the game Saturday, he's just standing there, arms folded. Just, you know, he's got the speaker, the, the microphone on his headset flipped up, so he's not talking to anybody. He's not really talking to anybody as they come off the field. Sometimes he's looking at the game. Sometimes he's looking at the ground. Sometimes he's looking at the sky. I mean, he just looks like he would rather be anywhere else. I mean, you watch. we all watch college football. 
You know, I watch Georgia and I see Kirby Smart moving up and down the sidelines and talking to people constantly. Kiffin, I mean, he's talking to people constantly. Uh, Saban, all these, all your top coaches are always they're talking, they're coaching, they're they're they're. they're Arnett's just kind of standing there, man, and I feel like he is just he has the weight of the world on his shoulders, and and he knows it's he knows he's smart enough to realize this isn't working and it's not gonna it's not gonna work. He's smart enough to know that. But at the same time, what can he do? You know, there's there's four games left to be played. It, yeah. it, it is it's disheartening though to watch the guy try to coach football right now. It really is, and I, I keep waiting for that moment. Like we saw it with Joe Moorhead. I mean, we all knew Joe Moorhead was not going to work out after about you know midway through. You know, some of us felt like something was wrong that first year, but especially like midway through that second year, we knew it wasn't going to work. But Moorhead was would would like try to fight. Mm-hmm. That you know, like he would come to the press box, press press box, press conference, and talk about like this is his team. After the Egg Bowl, talked about like you're gonna have to drag my tail out of here, all that. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that fire from Arnett, and I, like it's like this job is drained him. It's wearing I, big time, big time. Like I, I don't want to give the opinion that I don't think that Arnett like cares to be the head coach. I think he does. That's not it. I just think that it's – that he is – that's how it looks. But Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's what it is. I just think that's the body language that he gives off. But I think it's just the fact that he is just frustrated with this and his hands are full and he just doesn't know what to do. Because that's what we're talking about. He's not being himself. Yeah. He's having to play play a role almost. And it's got to – if you had to – think about yourself. Think about – if you had to go out every day and talk to people and and do things, and you weren't you weren't allowed to be yourself, mm-hmm. you you would go insane within a week. You can you imagine if like every day, let's just say you know for next week, I just decided to flip things over and be like, the be the be the biggest Ole Miss fan you ever heard, right? I would I would be pulling my own skin off by Thursday. Yeah, and I can't do it so. And he's been told like what to say, how to yeah. say things at press conferences, how to act. And if you think that that's incorrect, if you think Robbie is not correct, witness the way he changed the way he did injuries. The first couple of weeks of the season, we were talking about injuries and getting injury reports, and now everybody's day to day, and they'll be evaluated. Yeah. Somebody told him to stop doing that. Yeah. So. And I mean, uh, we should have been. I think we were. Concerned when he's kind of asking what to do on fourth downs yeah. and stuff. But you're talking about a guy that's been a defensive coordinator, right? And a linebackers coach. He's never had to to make those decisions. He doesn't know what the what the book says, what the analytics say on that. He's being fed that stuff because he's never had to do it. That's what I mean. It's just it's the situation that Mississippi State's been put in, and I, I really liked the the hire initially. Because it was just an impossible situation. I thought that Arnett, from a personnel standpoint, staffing standpoint, he had the right idea. Mm-hmm. He had the idea of bringing in these experienced coaches to go along with these other coaches that have Mississippi ties. They're going to dominate the state of Mississippi in recruiting. And it just hasn't happened. The recruiting's been bad. The in game decisions have been bad. The, the scheme, everything has just not been good. And, uh, you know, it's not all on Zach Arnett. There's so many things that have gone into this 
crumbling of Mississippi State's team. And I, I think that recruiting has not been good for Mississippi State. That's not. The 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 players, you know, the recruiting, the the evaluations, staff that that left from here and went somewhere else, they completely screwed up recruitments for other players that could have been here that could have helped this team. Mm-hmm. Um they just didn't have the right people in place to put a roster on the field each and every week that's going to compete in this league. And you add that into a really inexperienced coaching staff um, at the at the biggest positions on the field, which is head coach, offensive, and defensive coordinator, and it just spells disaster. And even if State is able – that's why I said a couple weeks ago, I, I don't think it's going to be a number that makes the decision for Zach Selman. I don't think six and six is the – you know, the goal for Zach Arnett, he has got to show some kind of massive improvement on the field. And I just don't see it coming. So, and if you're, if you're Zach Selman, you've got to look at the trajectory of this program, where it's going. Do you feel like this staff can get the job done? And that's how you make your decision, not based on wins and losses right now. It's got to be on, are these people doing the best job they can possibly do and are they capable of competing and winning games in this league? And this is a bad league this year. Mm-hmm. This is a bad league. This league's not good this year. Mississippi State has a team that should be capable of winning nine or ten games. And I, I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating that. This team, the the uh, experience they have on it, even with the talent gap being larger at some other schools, they should be in position to win nine games. And they're not going to. They, they might not win six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no getting around that. These, the things we're talking about, there, there's just no way to look at them and say, you're wrong. I, I hate that, but I mean, it's just pretty obvious to me. Uh, number four, on this show, we said, should start Will Rogers and have the package for Mike Wright. That's how it should go. That's how it should go. Well, very, very rarely on this show were we right, but on this one we were right. There were a couple of throws yesterday. While I was just, I, I, and I don't know that I've ever really said, but I said, well, Rogers would have made that throw. The, the the throw to Justin Robinson in the end zone that on the first drive, that's mm-hmm. a touchdown if it's a good throw. If it's on if it's on the target, there were two. Here's the thing though, yeah, there were some throws that he made that Will Rogers I don't know could make. You're you're not wrong, but I think. I think like, is there Brian, any way that you can put both of those people in the same body? We're going to have a Rogers plasty. A... <laughs> put Will's brain. Will Wright. Yeah, Will Wright. Yeah, Mike, Will's brain and I like accuracy. Mike Rogers better. Mike Rogers sounds better. I don't. I don't want W. I don't want. I know. W. A, I know a Mike Rogers. Like I don't um, want WW. I don't want no. That. I like. Could you get a guy that is accurate? Has a Mike Wright has a strong arm, by the way. He was throwing bullets. Might, might have been a few times where he probably should have let off a little bit of air on those. Um, could you get a guy that's accurate that can also throw the ball, you know, fairly deep regularly and throw darts, but also have a guy that can maneuver the pocket, get out of the pocket, scramble, and things like that? That's that's what you're looking for in this offense at this point. And they just don't have the guy. Like it's just, uh, you know, you have a guy that can do this and a guy that can do this. So it's you know it's it's rough it's it's really rough right now. But I will say I think Will Rogers probably wins that game yesterday. 
it's tough to say. I mean, the state was so bad defensively early on. I don't know if that's – I don't know if you're right. I think it's more competitive game is what I would say. I think they could have scored a good – like, I think they could have scored a good bit. Yeah. And I think a healthy Jaquavius Marks changes the game too. And but but yeah. listen, though, and the two running backs rushed for like seven and a half yards of rush. Yeah. Seth Davis and, and Jeffrey Pittman were great. So, I mean, I don't – you know, it's just – uh. It's kind of flabbergasting how this stuff happens. Yeah. Flabbergasting is, is a good word. Great word. Excellent word. Number five. Bad and boring is the worst thing you can be in college football. That is what MSU is this season. Not only are they bad, they're no fun to watch. Like, be one thing if they were a team that, you know, they just take what we talked about with the air raid early on. With Mike, Mike Leach was, you know, okay, well, they'll probably lose some games 45-42, things like that. If that was happening, you could at least say, okay, at least they're, at least they're fun to watch. There, if you're not a Mississippi State fan, or if you're just a Mississippi State fan who, you know, let's say you don't work in media and have to watch these games for, for work. You're <laughs> just a regular fan. You're turning this off, man. Nobody's going to watch this. Nobody wants to come see this. Nobody's going to pay money to come watch these games because this team, not only are they they're not winning – they they lose in the most mind numbing fashion that you can. They're just boring. And you know what? This is the worst possible thing that could happen when a, when when you start losing people. People just say, eh, "I just don't want to watch this." You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not going to subject myself to this. Yeah, apathy is the worst thing that can happen in a athletic program, fan base, whatever. When you start having apathy set in, it's it's cancer. It's disastrous. Mm-hmm. You can't have that. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're getting because people stop giving to NIL. People stop buying season tickets. People stop turning on the game. It's not good. That's, that's, a, that's a terrible place to be. And I know several people that are experiencing that right now. They just don't want to – they don't want to watch. They don't want to invest. And when that happens, it's it's bad. And I think that's where we are. I think, I think that's exactly where we are. We have apathy setting in, and you, you can't have that happen. So that's a that's a bad that's bad news. I agree. That's where that, that is where this program is right this second. That's that's a problem. Big problem. Uh number six. Not just a Mississippi State thing here, but for everybody. Teams that go shotgun on fourth and short tend to get what they deserve. Fourth and yes. short. Just just get into the center and snap the football. Just sneak the football. You know, so, somebody was saying, uh, I, I had a couple people, oh, on that zone read where that went wrong. Well, it was there. He just stumbled. There shouldn't be a read. Hand the ball off if you're going to do that. Just hand the ball off. There was an easy ball off or just if you hand the ball sneak off. it. Just sneak it. Your quarterback is 6'4 and 200-plus pounds. Get under center and tush-push him forward. It's another example of just, you know, I'm smarter than everybody else. That's that's how coaches are. Mm-hmm. You people didn't play football. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, maybe listen to some people that didn't play football before. If we're all watching it and everybody's saying, why don't you just sneak it or why don't you just hand it off here, maybe, they're, maybe, maybe they could be correct. Why do you have to line up and, and try to out-scheme the other team? Sometimes it's just as simple as we're we're going to push you out of the way and get one yard. If you if you don't think you can get one or two yards behind your offensive line or with your running back, then you got major issues. 
But that's that's where we are. And it's not it's not just a Mississippi State thing. This is everywhere. Philadelphia has been the only team that's figured out we're just going to push our quarterback forward on this on this play and get the yard and, and live to fight another play, another set of downs. Everybody else has just thought, like, let's just I'm watching Cincinnati right now, first and goal from the three, they're you know, throwing a screen pass. Like, just just go get it. I don't I don't understand it. You're exactly right. But yeah, I mean, two though, the read was there if he just gives the ball to, to Pittman. I, it shouldn't have come to that, but yeah, it was a bad decision all the yeah, way around. He made a bad read, but at the same time, there shouldn't have ever been a read. Should you shouldn't put that in his hands. Just, I agree with what you said. Coaches try to be the smartest guy. And it's just like it sounds sort of funny, but football's a dumb man's game, right? Just bigger and stronger wins. So do that. Be bigger and stronger. Uh, number seven, I thought State had some plays that were hurt by poor execution. There were some plays where they missed receivers that were open. There were some missed blocks out there. There was a really there was a screen pass where Ryland Gody just I don't know what he was doing, but it happens. But at the same time, there are just some plays that were just terrible calls, and like Barbe cannot get any any kind of rhythm play calling wise. Now part of that is because they 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 Penalties put them off schedule. You know they 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 miss blocks. You know, the plays where the execution hurts. But I, I haven't seen. I haven't felt like one game this year. Barbe was calling plays and they're just clicking. Not once have I felt that. No, and it, there's no rhyme or reason either. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, by the way, that screen pass I was talking about, the dude fumbled on the three yard line. Um, the tight end thing. We we talked before when Barbe was hired, and you know maybe this is maybe this is some of like people like myself. Maybe it's my fault for giving people this impression. But I, you know, people I talked to that knew Kevin Barbe, even what we've seen from him, it's been about like using your personnel, putting the best guys on the field, you know, doing what works best for the guys that you have to, at your disposal. I really felt like that was going to be the case. And he's for he's doing what we said he can't do. He's forcing this square peg. He you don't have tight ends. You don't have the tight ends to run this offense the way you want to run it. You've got to adjust to that. Go four wide. You, you can't the the tight end situation is a disaster right now. You know you, you've you've put a red a true freshman in there a tight end to block and Malik Ellis. God bless him. He's done the best that he can do. I think this is going actually going to be a good. Thing for him having gotten this experience I think he'll move back to offensive line and he'll be better off for it but that's not that's not what your that's not your goal is to have a guy like that you're playing handicapped with with Rylan Gody and these these guys the tight end position has not been productive for you at all I mean the most productive tight end right now is Antonio Harmon who catches maybe a pass or two a game and you know you're just not utilizing that position how you want to so change it do something differently. Put more personnel out there that can allow you to make big plays because you're these these guys are obviously hurting you blocking. That they're struggling to even block. So I, you know it's a uh, you know I, it's been very discouraging to see Kevin Barbe and you know you see him and and the uh, media availabilities with him too and he kind of looks dejected and he looks like he doesn't really have an answer. It's the, kind of the same thing with the baseball team. Like when these coaches, like they don't really know the answer to stuff. That's concerning to me. 
I want to go to what we were just talking about there, and that's number eight. And that's the state's best starting 11 on offense does not include a tight end. Scrap it. You, yes. you got to scrap it. And, and what you said, now I agree with what you said about Malik Ellis. I feel like he's doing the best he can out there. But I don't I, really have a lot of bad things to say about Malik I Ellis. But but, Ryland and Godey, I don't really want to say anything bad about any players. Period. I don't want to say anything bad about it, but Rylan Godey is not playing at a, a high, uh, let's just say it this way, he's not playing at a high enough level to continue to put him on the field. I mean, we are eight games into the season. He doesn't have a catch. Yeah. They haven't even, I don't, I don't think they've they targeted the ball? him. I don't know yeah. that they targeted him one time. So They're just what, using him as a blocker. And which he's when not you great focus, And when you focus on him, it, I mean, he's kind of, you know, players are getting past him. He's whiffing. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, and he's not the same player that he was when he first went to college either. He's had a lot of injuries and stuff. So he's lost a step. But you've got to identify an issue there and, Say we just can't we can't do this anymore. We got to do what's best for the offense, and they haven't done it. They're forcing the stuff. And you remember, I mean, all we talked about in the off season was put your best eleven on the field and get the ball to your playmakers. Then you have to do that. And if you want to have an extra blocker out there, well, then you t- run two backs. I would rather have Marks and Davis, Marks and Pittman, Marks and Lee, Lee, uh, any combination of the running backs yeah. out there. Then have a tight end on the field, and have one of those guys chip or yes. you know like they just they can do it just. I promise they can do it just as effectively as Rylan Godey and and those guys are doing it right now. I promise. And, and we should have been way more concerned about the stuff, but you know, we're we're guilty of being you know, over, like thinking that Mississippi State's might making the right decisions initially and having a shade of maroon. I mean, we're guilty guilty of that stuff. And he was successful at Appalachian State. Yeah. But it's just not – it's not working here. And yeah. we should have known, like, when the whole offensive coordinator thing was kind of a mess, you know, you had Bobo's name getting thrown around and they were – you know, they missed on Kendall Browse and all this. We should have known that it was going to be kind of tough. But yeah. – Yeah, that's on us. That's on us. We whiffed. I'll, I'll, I'll own it. So. Uh, number nine. Looking ahead to next season, the biggest NIL thing State has to do is hold on to Xavion Thomas because that is the only true playmaker you have coming back next season. Unless Tulu wants to return. Which I don't think he will. I can't see a world where that – I mean, why? Why? Why would he want to come? I can't imagine he'd want to come back. Well, it just depends. It depends on what you you got. You're not wrong. It does just depend. But I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm not going to make any you know definitive like why is why would he not want to return when you know if they do scrap the staff and they get a good coach I mean th- it might be a good decision for him to return or, you know he might have an opportunity to earn some good nil money and then you know for Mississippi just, State you need it I feel like he's a guy who the NFL would want to take a look at probably but you know I just I be, feel like it'll be it'll be difficult to get him back. Maybe, but if, if, if Tulu decides he wants to come back, then those are the two guys you've got to, you got to, to spend to keep. Can't let them go. I will also say, if you're a state fan and you do make a change here, mm-hmm. I wouldn't concern myself with the players that are currently on the team or no. like how are we going to win next year. Just get the best guy you possibly can and build from there because next year looks like it could be really bad unless they just totally kill it in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be judging, you know, what Mississippi State's going to be 
on next year because right. they're going to lose a ton of uh, guys that have been around for a long time. It's just going to be really difficult for that team to be successful next year. But, you know, you, you need building blocks for the future. So, the, yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal is is long is playing the long game here, not 2020. Even if Arnett had come in this year and been super successful and State was going to go 8-4, and 9-3 and three this year, I would have said next year was going to be tough anyway because of what you lost. And yeah. I, I don't see State being a team that's super. Now, I, I do believe that from an NIL perspective, State has done enough that they can go out and get quality players in the portal, including a, a quality quarterback if they can, if that's the way they want to go, which I believe that it will be. But by, by and large, next year was going to be a transition year the whole time. So if it's going to be that with the new coaches, let them come in and and get to work, and just don't concern yourself with it as much. And that, what you kind of hope for is that next year sort of looks like Mullen's first year. They're obviously better, they're playing better, and maybe they can pick up a couple of wins that you don't expect. You know, the good news is your non-conference schedule is a lot easier than Mullen's first non-conference schedule, which had two top twenty-five teams in it. You know, your toughest game next year is Arizona State, who, if you watch them play this year, that's a program that's also in transition. So. We'll see how that, where that takes them uh, next season. Um, and, and you know, it was really starting to look like it was going to be a throwaway year whenever you start looking at recruiting kind of falling apart the last few months. Because you have no faith right now that, this, that they're going to be able to go in the transfer portal and go pull guys that's going to change this team in one year. Right. So, I mean, and I think that kind of plays into a decision that Zach Selman is going to have to make postseason. I agree. I agree. I mean, like when we talk about not having any juice, it's not just the fans; it's the program itself, you know, and what it's selling to recruits. It's tough right now. Last one, number ten. Uh, no disrespect to Jeff Levy; I think he's a really good coach, and he's going to be a good head coach in the future. But State cannot go the coordinator route on this one. Mm-mm. They've got Mm-mm. to get a proven program builder head coach, a guy who has done it before. It's, it's yes. They have to get a guy who has been a head coach. They can't afford, you know, and, and look, and that's not to say, I mean, obviously the best coach states had in recent history is Dan Mullen, who was a, a former coordinator, but that was a different situation. That mm-hmm. was a different situation. This this time round, they need a proven guy. So they're going to have to spend some money, and that's, that's just the way it's going to have to be. Uh, you know, I'm – I'm calling Tom Herman. Tom Tom Herman, I'm, not me personally, me. but I wish I, I wish I did know him. Yeah, um, I really like Lance Leopold. I really like you know guys that are that are winning at programs like that that are not traditional winners, and that guy's been a winner everywhere he's been. Um, I'm not saying that's my choice, but guys like that, mm-hmm. um, th- those are the kind of guys that I think you need. Guys that have that have won at programs that are not traditional winners, that are not easy places to win, um, and that can come in and run a stable program that knows what it's doing, that on game day they're prepared, they can scheme it up, but also behind the scenes are they running a program that, you know, can actually on a day-to-day basis operate. Because right now it just doesn't seem like this one – is function is functionable, right. and, and this is I mean this is coming from people that are close to the program that are saying this. I I don't know how many times I've 
I've heard noises that loud from from people right. close around the program that things right, are bad. Right. right. I'm telling you, football season has never felt more like work than this one. It never has. It's, it's crazy. It's right. not a tough job, but when this when when Mississippi State's losing, man, it's tough. It we're, it really wears on you. Like it, it, none of us want to watch a losing product. No, none of y'all want to do it either. And we have to sit there and watch it every week. I mean, that's that is like mentally taxing on everybody, us fans, coaches, family. I mean, it, I mean, it's just it's tough. Have you seen this tweet that's coming out now that? Yeah, Auburn I, new state signs. I, just, I, I don't know what I don't know if I believe so, this guy. So I reached out to uh, Matt Cohen from AL.com, and, and he basically said that this guy's nah, not so much. Yeah, see, it always comes from some guy you've never people heard of. that you've never really heard of, and exactly. that, and people just run with it. Yeah. So I, if you're seeing that tweet from uh, what's this guy's name, uh, Mike Gittens. Don't don't ignore is what I was said. I was told to do. So ignore. I mean, I and I buy that because I mean Barbe is in the booth. So that so it so but Where somebody's got a somebody's got a signal in the plays though. Yeah, well, that's the thing though. The guy read the tweet. It says any call that started with a certain letter. Who's saying it? Are they here? Are they listening to the huddle? Yeah, that that doesn't make it makes sense, sense, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. That's all important stuff. Something else is important too. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Coffee is for Closers is brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo uh, over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Jonathan. That would be a little weird. Yeah. Nobody would expect that. There you go. What if it was in Brian? Well, that might be a little more, you know, because then it could be brewing. It could. But John Is there a Bryan, Mississippi? There's a Bryan College Station. Yeah, but that's with the Y. I'm not a hot dog. True. If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd probably ask for seconds. Uh, <laughs> that, that, doesn't, doesn't seem to be, but I don't know. I can't tell. So. Oh, message board genius is uh, reporting from a Kansas State fan that Lance Leopold does want out. At Kansas, so it could be news. a perfect opportunity here. Good news. I like Lance Leopold. I, I haven't seen his name mentioned, but I, I like him He's a lot. winning at Kansas. All right, if you want to talk about winning at a job that's tough for the Mississippi State, there's your there's your one right there. By the way, did you ever see his record at the D2 school or wherever he was? I think it was like Wisconsin-Whitewater or something. I don't know that I have. He was like – a hundred games above five hundred, and had like single digit losses. Lance, like it, wow. it was, oh, he was, he absolutely destroyed everybody in that. Lance Leopold was the head coach at Wisconsin Whitewater from two thousand seven to two thousand fourteen. He went a hundred and nine and six. Yeah, which I, I think they're know. like what D three. Yeah, I mean I, this, I this is not this level, what, but still, 
I need to know more about their football program before he got there. He I was think. good at Buffalo too. He he was good. You know, it, you know who he worked with at Buffalo. Um, I'm trying to think. Who. Little guy by the name of Chad Bumpus. Oh yeah, Bumpus was there. Bumpus was on his staff. I was going to say, um, who was the other guy that was there? Turner Gill. Them? Turner Gill. Yeah, he was there before. He was before Lance Leopold. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. So yeah, Bump was there. Strange Brew Coffee House is a great place to get coffee. Let's yeah. Say all that. All right. Uh, for Mississippi State, I'm going to go with the offense. I thought the defense at least played better in the second half, but offensively, this team just they could not get anything going. Um, I thought the play calling was suspect. Uh, the execution was bad. And there's just too many guys on this on the, on this team that the, they just don't know what they're doing out there. It just feels like you know. Uh, I believe the technical term is grab ass. I mean, you had players running into each other. That's been happening all this year. Is, like what? Like uh, I'm watching this. I'm like, what is ha- what's happening? I'm saying this is going back. Another thing we should have been a little bit more suspicious of is two offensive line coaches. Yeah, Just, that, that was not, a, that's not a, a good thing. Doesn't well, work. To be fair, we were kind of suspicious I guess we of were, that. They should have really make sense. The tight ends coach, and then let it be from there, but. Um, in the SEC, I feel kind of bad giving it to South Carolina. They are injury-riddled, but that's a program that had a lot of juice coming into the season. People thought they were about to take off a little bit, and now their season kind of boils down to uh, beating Clemson. That's all they've got left to look forward to, which they might be able to do. Clemson's not any good either, um, which is just incredible. Those two programs that last year played in a, such a good game, and this year it's going to be problems. This week, by the way, South Carolina is a 13-point favorite to Jackson to Rich Rod in Jacksonville State. That might be my line. That might be my, oh my gosh. Of the week. I don't think South Carolina is good enough to be a 13-point favorite over anybody. Jacksonville State's no. a group of five teams. They didn't look they looked good like in the first quarter and a half against yeah. AM, but yeah, they, were, they were holding on, but then yeah. Uh from a national perspective, who else could it be but Boomer Sooner? Speaking of Lance Leopold. They had that game won, and they just Venables decides to go ultra conservative, and then they they lose. And I get, I mean, that's just that loss is going to cost them a shot at the playoff. Because I don't, I don't, th- I I agree with my friend Brandon Walker. I think when they rematch with Texas, Texas will beat them. Yeah, I think that that's kind of smelling fluky. Yeah. So, and they have Bedlam. I think I think Bedlam is next week. Next week. So yeah, this week. Game, is it this week or next week? I believe it's this week. Let's 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 be sure. We like to give out because I, I could have sworn it was the same week as Alabama LSU. I hope that's I hope that's not the case. I enjoy watching Bedlam. Uh, it is next. It's it's this week. It is this week. Oh, so they were waiting on the. Mm-hmm. I saw the kickoff. God didn't get announced till today. Yeah. They. I guess they were just pulling the. Uh, you know the wait and see who see who wins what. For the time, yeah, because I saw Derek Cody was was upset that they didn't get um, a night college game. game day. They wanted, he wanted college game day. Well, they would have probably if Oklahoma had won. Well, they already they already picked Alabama. Oh, had they that. already picked? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alabama. They got they they will beat West Virginia at home. Yeah, they'll beat BYU. They'll yes. beat TCU. Yeah, so they'll, they'll I mean they, they'll, they'll finish. Yeah. They'll go to but a good that, that's going to that's going to keep them out of the playoff losing that game because if they would have lost the Big Twelve championship, they still would have been in Might the playoffs. Chance, man, but as it is, so 
All right, tomorrow's show, we'll recap what Zach Arnett has to say at his weekly press conference. We'll do our SEC picks. We did, We are still. I'm still one game up on, on Robbie. Plus, we'll talk a little bit of basketball. Mississippi State got the exhibition season uh, going today with a uh, win over Southern Mississippi down there in Hattiesburg uh, without Tolu uh, Smith. So the first, first chance uh, for the Bulldogs to show what they've got. But they looked okay from what I can tell from the uh, stat line. It, it looked very similar to last year. They shot better from the three-point line, but still can't make free throws to – to save their life. So, I mean, one thing too you have to consider: no Tolu, no um, Keyshawn Murphy, no Andrew Taylor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, two starters and one of the top bench guys out. Yeah, yeah no, no question about it. So we'll see where it so goes. It'll be. It should we'll be a little tomorrow. better than non We'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay, fine. Jeez, calm down. I am calm. Leave me alone. You're not my real dad. All right. <laughs> We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.